All right, time for another edition of Holding Court, everyone. As you know, season three, we've been focusing quite a bit on mental health as it relates to to tennis, of course, to sports, and uh, maybe most importantly, to life in general. And uh, that's why I'm so excited to have my next guest on to discuss uh, her new book, which has just come out in the last few months, Shailene Shivdasani, who not only has written this incredible book called Stepping Inside, Building Spiritual Muscle. Of course, we in the tennis world are, have been used to building other kinds of muscle, but uh, spiritual muscle, of course, as important in life, maybe more important in life. And Shailene, in addition to writing this tremendous book, is an avid tennis player. So there's a couple of reasons, Shailene, why I like you a lot, and I'm very excited that you are joining Holding Court. Welcome. Thank you so much, Patrick. I'm good to, glad to be here. I was lucky enough to be at your uh, book opening, which was a couple of months ago, which was amazing. You had just a great crew of uh, friends and supporters and family there, and you talked about your journey towards writing this book. And I would like you to tell the audience here what prompted you to do it, uh, why, and how did you pull this off? Okay. Uh, well, I'll give you the abridged version. Um, I have two amazing parents that now have full-time jobs in heaven, but um, while they were on earth in 2009, they both were uh, ill. One had pancreatic cancer, and then six months later, my mom had quadruple bypass. But both of them seemed to use their own spiritual you know, tricks, tools, whatever you want to call it, to keep them positive. And, um, I chose to go down that path too. And I would write and I would, you know, share information about how they were doing, but I would do it in a very positive way. And then fast forward, you know, life kept unfolding and, you know, as life happens, it's sometimes great events and sometimes bumpy ones, but I chose to keep writing. And where I live in Port Washington, we have a beautiful town dock, so the sunsets are magnificent, and they certainly encourage even more positivity. I used to send these messages out, what, my, what I was writing, to friends and family. And over the years, in 2016, 17, people encouraged me, Shalene, can you put this into a book? Because these are pretty, pretty awesome, and we scroll back through your texts when we need some positivity. Mm. So on April Fool's Day, 2017, great day to do this, I <laughs> right. decided and embarked on the job of doing a manuscript. And uh, that was quite a task. With the help of a college uh, freshman, I got it done. And then this year, I actually had a copy edited and sent out for self-publishing. So essentially, Shailene, what you're telling me is this started as just sort of a personal thing because of uh, the illness of your parents and just wanting to jot your own ideas down. And then you started sort of sending out these missives to your friends. To your fr By the way, Port Washington is where my brother and I learned how to play tennis. So we know Port Washington's in Long Island, for those of you that don't know, um, is where John and I first started playing tennis. So I have uh, driven past that dock many times. But I never stopped, Shailene, because I always wanted to get to the tennis academy, and that's what I did for so long. But so you started sending out these notes and texts to people, and would you say it came from you, this idea to put these into a book and sort of a, it's almost like a manual for mental health, I would say, what you've done here, um, or, or did it come from what you were hearing from people that were receiving your, your missives? 
So it was a combination of both. I mean, I certainly took the feedback and said, wow, okay, if people are really needing this, then let me figure out what I'm supposed to do with this. And I am I am not in the field of writing. I'm a boring CPA. Um, so I had to like kind of like just look out and see what, what other readers are out there. And But there was something about tying it in with gratitude. And I have often heard, you know, if you sit there and count what you're grateful for, not just on Thanksgiving, every day. If you just did it once a day, you'd have 365 gifts. Mm. So I incorporated into the book a morning thought, a place to write what your intention is for the day, to get your day off to a good start. And then there is an evening thought if the reader so chooses to come back in the evening. And underneath that is a section to write three things you're grateful for. So if the reader were to use the book in the manner in which it's laid out, technically you could have 1,098 intentions and 1,098 gifts of gratitude. And, and have you found through um, developing this idea and, and, and putting the book together that when you're talking to people that are going through a, a very hard time, well, obviously for you, what prompted it was, was losing your parents, but for people going through really difficult times in their lives, why would you say it's so important to their daily mindset to, to do this kind of thing every day? So I think it's been said by professionals to develop a good habit. You have to repeat it for at least seven to 10 days. And I truly believe, especially in the times that we are living in, I couldn't have planned this book coming out if I tried, but we are living in difficult times, the entire world. We're all on equal footing almost. And so to have a book like this that can get your mind away from what's going on in the world, because it is going on and we are living it, this is a way to kind of just focus and step inside and look at yourself and say, well, what do I have currently that I do appreciate and am grateful for? And then some of the thoughts, um, you know, I would share one if you'd like. Sure, do please. even give you an exercise. Um, I'm looking at December 19th. It says do something nice for someone. The simple way is to do something nice for someone without them knowing is to pray for them, send positive energy and thoughts out to them, have compassion for them, forgive them, and love them. And so that thought in the morning, if I when I read it, I'm like, wow, okay, I can do that once. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's, in my opinion, in the times we're living in, in the fact that life is always a series of up and down events, this is a way to actually think positively, speak positively, and act positively. And I actually, because of this book or because of my whole journey, my tennis game, believe it or not, has improved. Oh, well, that's, that's, that's what I like to hear. And, and by the way, I want to get into that with you because uh, you know that December 19th, which is just uh, recently, is my anniversary. So uh, interesting oh that God. you picked that day, okay? This is, so this is, this is serendipitous, all right? There's a reason more than just knowing you and, and wanting to talk about your book that I'm having you on my podcast that you mentioned my anniversary to my amazing wife, Melissa. We've been married now. 23 years. I know you and your husband, who I know well, um, play tennis quite a bit uh, uh, together as a group. Um, Mm -hmm. You're big tennis fans. 
just tell me first of all how you got into tennis, and then we'll kind of transition into what because I'm really interested in how this book can help tennis players and athletes in general. I think it really can. Okay, uh, I got into tennis because my uncles played and watched. My dad did, um, and I had a backyard patio in Hollis Hills, Queens. And my sister would never play with me. So I played against the brick wall. I was Chris Everett. The wall was Martina Navratilova. Wow, okay. And the wall always won. <laughs> so, I, used, I used to play imaginary matches between Laver and Rosewall. And Laver always wow. won 6-4 in the fifth <laughs> every time. So I'm with you, Shailene. Right. So with that, then, you know, fast forward, I did play the high school. But, you know, we didn't have a great team. Once I got married, and one of the common things my husband and I had in common was tennis. I mean, we actually both had the same exact head racket, so that was a little weird. Um, but we would play. I was pregnant with my first child, and he would take me out on the court and goes, come on, let's hit. And then fast forward, we got the kids into it at the Port Washington Tennis Academy, right. yep. and they absolutely, you know, they loved it. We would take tennis vacations. We've been to John Newcomb's academy down in New Braunfels, Texas, and they actually went on a touring team. So it just grew and it grew into, we don't just play, we watch and we don't just do it, you know, on our own. We do it together. We actually Mm. had shirts made up with six figures that say the family that hits together sticks together. (laughs) I love that. Love it. They they won't wear it now because it's a little embarrassing. They're a little grown up now, right? Right. And, you know, we can actually even put a court in our backyard. And during the pandemic, it was a lifesaver, actually, because tennis was the first sport that you were allowed to actually go out and play. Right. Um, And so with that, over the years, because of the writings, I've found that my emotions are going to be my emotions. I'm allowed to be angry. I'm allowed to be happy. Um, and anger, really cool thing is, you know, we play with, I don't know what tennis brand you play with, but there's Wilson, Penn, Dunlop, you know, the gamut. Yep. I would go out and the ball would have the person's name on it, like imaginary, the person that I was angry at. Mm-hmm. And not that I'm trying to hit them, but I was trying to get rid of my anger towards right. them. And the greatest thing was my partner couldn't tell if I was hitting so well, or I was angry. And it was really cool. <laughs> maybe that's and what my brother did for all these years. You know, maybe that was his, his anger hitting that ball. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. And the other thing was, you know, in some shots in tennis, you have so much time and you're excited and you know exactly what you want to do. I don't get excited as much now. And I know that may sound weird, but it's actually keeping me balanced through, through every part of the game. Interesting. You know, no, yeah. I mean, it's amazing because I, uh, two things that you, well, a lot of things you've said resonated with me, but two things in particular, since I've started, you know, working with kids, uh, all the time at our tennis Academy here, uh, I always say to them when they do get angry or they do get sad, it's okay. You know, it's okay. You can't, you can't stop the human being from having whatever emotion they're having. And it, and I find that when you do that, especially with kids, when you acknowledge their feelings, all of a sudden, you know, they start to listen to you a little bit more, you know, as opposed to saying, why are you crying? You know, you shouldn't cry. You know, tennis players don't cry or don't get mad. Uh, so I found that that's very effective in then getting them to 
you know, trust you, to listen to you. Uh, and then if you want to give them, hey, well, you know, maybe you could try this on the forehand or, um, you know, try an open stance or whatever it is. But if you acknowledge that emotion in people, you can really get some work, don't you think? Absolutely. Validating a person's feelings, I think, is the greatest way to love them. It really is. Because many people are just not heard. Mm. Their feelings are their feelings and they just want to be heard. Um, I actually set serenity breaks on my phone and sometimes it goes off when we're on the tennis court and my partner or my opponents will go, wait, it's her serenity break. <laughs> right, right. And, and now they've started doing it. So it's kind of like a team thing. They be, um, better not use the, the serenity breaks like they use the toilet breaks in professional tennis. You know, but that's a whole, definitely that's a, not. That's a whole nother story. I want to ask you this, Shailene. And yeah. Again, it's Shailene Shiv Dasani joining me here. Her book is uh, outstanding building spiritual muscle. Um, but this is what I want to ask you because I dealt with this a lot as a, as a player, particularly as a young player and even starting out on the tour, being a professional and, and it used to, and, and this is true of, of anybody in any walk of life. That's why I want to ask you about it. But I remember as a tennis player sort of thinking, if I win, I'm feeling, you know, I'm good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling happy about myself. If I lose, you know, my whole life kind of falls apart. And obviously you come to a point as a professional athlete where you, you have to balance that, right? You're a professional athlete. But what would you say learning from putting this book together is some advice you can give to people that feel that emotion? In other words, that tie in their success in their line of work, whether it's tennis, playing the piano, being a CPA like you uh, are, being a doctor like your husband is, what, what mm -hmm. needs to what, what things, what tools do you think people can use to help them get through that? Well, for me, um, there are a lot of acronyms in my book. And there's one acronym, uh, the word is FAIL, which you know, is a negative word. But FAIL can stand for first attempt in learning. Mm. So, I mean, I think for me, because we're human, we're going to make mistakes. We're not going to get this thing called life perfect. I know for me, there are certain things I, I know I do well. And there are other things because of this book that I think I'm learning that I, that I am that, a lifelong learner. If I am open, both mentally and spiritually, and even in you know, being positive, I can learn anything. Like I learned the other day that a grocery store clerk, just smiling at the person mm. can help. And smiling, in this case, with our eyes because we're wearing right, masks. I was going to say, did you have the, you must have had the mask on. So if you could do it with your eyes, that's really something. Yeah, and or even just saying to the person, I'm actually smiling at you, see my eyes? You know? right. <laughs> and then watching them with their mask on smile back at me. You know, And that's all it took. So I think for me, it's really about mindset. And I think this book works probably better for me when I'm not in the greatest of moods because it shifts my thinking. It so, allows me to get out of my negative thinking. So um, explain to me what you want to, you want to get out of this book. I think for me, it has one purpose. Uh, if you truly can step inside yourself, and keep the focus on yourself and truly build your spiritual muscle. You find who you want to become. 
and how you want to be out there in the world and lead by example because many of us have children or grandchildren. I Me, mean, not yet, but, you know. Um, and so you want to leave that legacy. And it's kind of like on the tennis court, right? If you step inside to your shot or step forward, you do better, right? right. You're in a forward momentum. In this case, I just think going inside and seeing, you know, what's going on with me? What, you know, and because the only person who knows you is you. Right. And knows how you want to get out of it. I do believe that, I, I know for myself, I'm actually using the book now since August 9th, which is my anniversary day. Um, I chose that day specifically. And I've seen a shift. In fact, I don't just write and read that day, I actually reflect back mm. a month or two months just to see my own growth because some of the simple gratitude things I've written, yeah, they're great. You know, the washing machine's working today. But then later in, in the book I've written, you know, I'm grateful for the fact that I'm becoming a better listener, especially with my loved ones. One of the things you also, that also struck me that uh, you said a couple of minutes ago was about in tennis that you, you know, you get overly excited sometimes. And I think that's a great lesson for tennis and in life, which is because I see this a lot with players of all levels that they get, they get so, you know, a lot of times people, they take a lesson with me, they do it once in a while and they, they get excited and they, they get maybe a little bit nervous that they're on the court with me and they come out and they're moving their feet and they're just jumping around. I say, hold on, slow down, slow down, let the ball come to you. You know, don't, don't, of course, move forward when you hit, but don't, you don't move forward unnecessarily. And you told, you said something very interesting. You said, I find that I have better balance. And I think Mm -hmm. that the balance on the tennis court is also what we're looking, you're, you're looking for in life, right? And, And that we use this, these tools that you're, you're instructing us that are, that, that we can work with these tools to help us sort of slow down in our life as well. Exactly. And I think, you know, I can't remember there is a thought in the book. I can't find what day it's on, but there is a thought about tennis and how it ties into positivity. And in essence, you're right. It's about balance for me because we're going to have these swing of emotions uh, at highs and lows. And I think for me, this book also allows me to realize that I have to celebrate the highs, absolutely. But it's through the lows that I actually learned the most because I got through them. I made it. I'm on the other side. Um, And I think my children see a change in me, I hope. And I think my husband does. Um, You know, he sees, and he's using the book, which is wild because he's reading his wife's thoughts. (laughs) Right. Um, You know, and, um, and I think my goal for the book is you know, I, I don't think I knew where this book would take me. And I think that's the, the, the balance, the excitement. You know, it'll get where it needs to go. And I think for uh, uh, now, I'm just happy that it's here and that people are benefiting from it. It's available on, you know, different online websites, which excites me because I had nothing to do with that. And, you know, it got me to speaking with you today, which is a gift which I'll be grateful for tonight. I'll write it down. And, um, yeah, I'm just very happy. I, I think it's, it's not something I ever thought in my wildest dreams. If you'd asked me when I was 25, I'd be writing a book. No. But now that it's here, I also know the book had to be written 
after my parents left. Right. Otherwise, I wouldn't have written. You know, I wouldn't have been in that place that I needed to stay positive. You know. It's called Stepping Inside, everyone, by Shailene Shibdasani, Building Spiritual Muscle, and I encourage you to uh, search it online. You can get it. Uh, just go to Google and put the put it in uh, the Google search, Stepping Inside, and it will come up. Uh, now, I think the great thing about your book, Shailene, is you, you talk about your own journey, but the great thing about it is that it, it it's wherever, wherever the individual goes. You know, that's, that's what it's meant to do. It's meant to be sort of a tool to help each person, which may, they end up at their own destination. It's not, and that's what I think writing these things down, thinking these things, you're, it's it's really a daily meditation on your own life, but, you know, treat people nicely. Whatever it is, the the, the gratitude that you want to have for that day is totally individual. Absolutely. And I think for me also, it's about realizing that who you are today, a week from now when you do the book, you're already different in some way, shape, or form. Because once you experience something, you cannot unexperience it. It's really amazing. And I think, again, the times we're living in, we have extra time on our hands right now. I think we're able to slow down in this fast-paced world we live in. And we're doing ourselves the greatest service because we're looking at ourselves. And who best to, you know, examine somebody than themselves? Mm, that's a great line. I mean, even yeah. even when you go to a doctor, you're the one who knows where your pain is, right? What your symptoms are. And um, I think for me, it's it's a way to really just say, okay, this is what I'm seeing in myself. Am I liking it? Am I not? Well, what can I do about it? Mm. Uh, well said. Uh, and before I let you go, and I really appreciate you uh, coming on, I want to ask you, I have to ask you about this because uh, I, I was at your book opening. I've, I listened to a previous uh, podcast that you did, and I just love the fact that the color purple is your color. color. And you know, that, of course, that's a Wimbledon color. Purple and green are the Wimbledon colors. Yes, it is. So uh, why? Why purple? Why purple? Um, well, in truth, I, uh, I run my husband's practice and one of my billers came in one day with a purple pen and that really did get me started. I, I loved the, the way the pen flew on the page. <laughs> and, but in all honesty, purple is the color of serenity and wisdom. And the serenity prayer is one of my favorite prayers. And I really do like that. You know, that's what I want to have almost all the time. But I know that that wisdom comes from every person I walk into, every experience I have. That's where my wisdom comes from. Because I am going to interact with other human beings. And things may not always go my way. But I may learn something from every gift that happens. And I have a lesson or a blessing in everything. Um, and, and purple, it, it is a great color. <laughs> It is. It's, I mean, it's a I, I, I loved all the the the, the uh, gifts you gave out at your uh, at your opening to it was full of color, fu- and more than that, it was is in all seriousness, it was full of light, and I could see all the people uh, there supporting you, and that tells me a lot about the kind of person you are. Now, my last question is this: Have you been to Wimbledon? I know you grew up in England for until you were five, and then you moved yes, to the U.S. I you're did. American, but what um, yeah. have you been to Wimbledon? I have been 
to Wimbledon in 1987. Okay. And then my two sons went uh, in 2010, one went, and then the other one went in 2012. And they did the whole camp out. Right. Get your queued. Tickets, they queued up. up. They queued yes, overnight. They right. queued up. And then in, in uh, 2017, my husband was turning 50, and he does not like surprises. But I managed to surprise him, and I took him to Wimbledon, and we actually had uh, breakfast with John Newcomb, which was wow. really special for him because I believe John Newcomb won Wimbledon. Yes, he did. Absolutely did. Yep. So my husband was in heaven because they started talking about cricket, which is another one of my husband's favorite <laughs> right, sports. Right, right. And Wimbledon, for me, in fairness, I think it's one of the most, I don't want to say classy, but it just brings tennis to a different level. There's a there's that peace and calmness there's when a, you're yeah, playing. There, yeah, there's a quiet of the grass too, which is uh, and you know the, yeah, the quiet of the ball. And when it hits, it doesn't make any sound. So there's a there's a beauty about that. And what I want to do, um, Shailene, is when you and your husband take your next trip to Wimbledon, uh, what I do every year when I'm lucky enough to go to Wimbledon, of course, work there is the day before the tournament starts uh, or even in some days the morning of the first day, the first Monday, I'm lucky enough to get in early before all the fans get in. I always walk to center court and just sit inside in the quiet there, that cathedral of tennis. So I want, you've given me this gift of your book and this podcast, and I want to give you and your husband the gift, if I can, of bringing you to center court when nobody is there, because that is worth not only seeing, but hearing. So we can step inside on center court? I'm working on it. That would be awesome. That would be That would be awesome. The only one we haven't gone to is the Australian Open, and God willing, we will get down under. I will tell you this, Patrick. If I had one person that I'd want to read this book, it probably would be Rafael Nadal. Wow. Okay. Well, maybe because I think he would appreciate it. Yeah. I really think he, for me, emulates the sport in the essence that you know he gets down on himself, and he also knows how to pump himself back up. Right. You know, because he knows I'm not going to win all the time, and I'm trying my best. That's all I can do is try. And he has a very positive attitude, as does Roger Federer. Right, yeah, no, 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 no one in the history of tennis has tried as hard as Rafael Nadal. That we know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I really appreciate this opportunity to speak about the book and to answer the questions and um, to you know, help any one person realize that the, the way to build spiritual muscle is to step inside and that's the name of the book, everyone. And that's the way to wrap this up. Stepping Inside by Shailene Shivdasani, Building Spiritual Muscle. Thank you so much. And I will see Thank you, you hopefully soon on the tennis courts. Thank you, Patrick. You got it. Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe is powered by Mudhouse Media. Media.